every single deal we found, we put it in an Excel sheet, what the ARV was, what the list price was, what the offer was that we were going to make and kind of every day following up on every single one of those deals. So organizing everything is really critical and making sure that you're following up. So the deal, our first deal was on the MLS for probably like 50 days and we called yeah. and we, we made an offer. They said, no, we called again. They said, no. And it took probably two or two months of us calling and calling. And finally they said, okay, fine. So it was listed at 145 and we got it for 93. Welcome to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show, a community for real estate investors to learn, network, and grow. Be sure to join the investnest.com and start learning and earning today. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. As always, I'm your host, Travis Murphy, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in again this week. We've got uh, another great interview with two invest guests coming up very soon, a, uh, an investing team. It's at there, a couple, I believe. Uh, but before we introduce them, I want to remind everybody listening to the podcast to please hit the subscribe button. And if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're enjoying the show so far, leaving a review and a rating really helps us out. Um, I Again, I see our numbers rising every week. So I wanna thank everybody for tuning in. I really hope you're enjoying this show as much as I am uh, putting it out there. Um, so thank you all for tuning in and spreading the word. I can, again, see the numbers going up and up and up every week. So very, very cool. Also, if you wanna follow along on any of our content that we put out on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, uh, we can be found at the Invest Nest. And if you haven't checked out the website yet, go check out theinvestnest.com. It's a free online community for real estate investors, a place to network. You can create a free profile. Uh, and again, like I mentioned before, there are a lot of very cool features and upgrades coming out very soon. But I'm going to hold off on talking too much about that for right now. But just know that there's some updates coming. So Stay tuned for uh, announcements on that. All right, and now it's time to welcome this week's invest guests. Uh, I wanna welcome Sarah Witz and Anthony Gare to the show. Uh, Sarah and Anthony are an investing couple out of, I believe it's Houston, Texas, and they can be found on Instagram at gare.realestate. Uh, thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I've been checking out the stuff you guys put out on Instagram. It looks really cool. Uh, I think it's um, going to be a lot of good information for our audience this week. But first, before we dive into all that stuff, how's everything going? Life good? Everything going good with you guys? Life is great. We're getting married um, in 55, 54, 55 days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We were supposed oh, to get wow. married in July, so we postponed because of COVID. Um, and so it's coming up real quick. Yeah. Wow, so you guys have a lot of things going on. Yeah. 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 Weddings and real estate. Yeah. <laughs> are you, and you guys are in, te is it Houston, Texas? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. How is that, all that snow that came down last week? You guys aren't really used to that, are you? No, not at all. I mean, you know, thankfully we only lost power for, you know, a couple hours. Um, her parents had to come over to our place because they lost power for a couple of days. So, um, you know, fortunately it just didn't, didn't happen too drastically for us so yeah that's good and I know a lot of people really were suffering out there so I'm yeah. glad to hear that it wasn't wasn't as bad as it could have been for you guys and you know maybe we'll talk about that if you guys have rental properties out there what kind of challenges that might have presented having snow when that's not really typical typically the weather you guys probably have to deal with but uh, before we do all that can you just give us a 
kind of a, just a quick overview of what it is that you two do with real estate investing? Yeah, so we do wholesaling. I'm also a realtor, but we do flips and then we do the birth strategy. So buying houses, fixing them up and then renting them out. Okay. So you guys do some buy and hold investing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. All right. Very cool. Very cool. And how long have you guys been doing this? Um, we got started right when COVID hit. So once we postponed our wedding, um, that's when we kind of really kicked off. So probably 11 months, 10, 10 11 yeah, months. Yeah, 10, 11 months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, COVID was really the reason why we kind of jump started into the, the investing game. So, um, so that's kind of how we got started. Yeah, I think that, I mean, for a lot of people, not just real estate investing, but all sorts of things. I mean, so many of us kind of found ourselves stuck in, at our homes with not much to do. So I think it was an opportunity for a lot of people to maybe take up something that they've wanted to for a long time and just never really got around to it. And I know a lot of people got into real estate investing, which is cool. It's a great community online, uh, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or the Invest Nest. So, you know, all of us were on our devices and on our computers stuck at home. And I think it was a natural kind of foray into real estate investing for a lot of people. But that's cool. So what how, how many deals have you guys done? Have you guys done a lot so far since you've just gotten started? Have you have you done many deals or different types of deals? Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys have done so far? Yeah, so we've done 13 deals in total. So six of them are rentals. Mm -hmm three flips and then four, four wholesales. Yeah, so a couple on the contract right now as well. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. So 13 deals. Yeah. Okay. And you said six rentals. So you guys held on to six for yourselves and you flipped four and then you, yeah. and then you, and then, and then you've, and then you three, flip three and then four wholesales. Yeah. Okay. So you guys really are kind of running the gambit here. You're doing a little bit of everything. I'm, Curious, and I'm going to ask in a minute how, I guess, how and why you're doing so many different things. But, you know, it's interesting. There's, you know, I hear a lot about people that struggle to break into real estate investing. You know, they, a lot of us sit around, I, I mean, I'm guilty of it. Before I really dove into it and started doing it, I listened to all the podcasts and read the books and everything. And until you really just start doing it, it can be a challenge. But you guys are kind of the opposite of that. I mean, you guys seem like, you know, it's not even been a year and you, you didn't just, you know, dabble, you kind of dove head first, it seems like. Can you tell us a little bit about that backstory? Like how did all that come together? You know, why did you start, why did you really pull the trigger and start doing it? And how did you do it? How did you pull it all together and make it happen? Yeah. So when I was in college, um, I had a mentor who had been trying to get me to buy properties in Iowa. I went to the University of Iowa. I was like, no, not yet. And so when I met Sarah in Austin, Texas, um, you know, we started talking about investing uh, in the stock market and real estate. And so when she dragged me here to Houston, you know, the, the main focus was to get married in July. Right. And so since we didn't get married, you know, we were like, okay, well, this is the perfect time. Cause like I said, I have a mentor in Iowa. I have a couple of mentors here in the Houston area um, that do a lot of investing. And so it was kind of the perfect opportunity for us to kind of, you know, get into it. And so the main thing for us was trying to figure out how to run the numbers. So we were kind of stuck for, you know, a couple of months on, you know, how do we run the numbers? How do we know if it's a good deal, et cetera. So once we figure that out, we we're like, okay, let's just jump right into Burke. Cause like you said, we listen to a bunch of podcasts. We wanted to get into it without spending too much money 
And so thankfully we were able to find that first deal with only spending, you know, five or 6,000, you know, utilizing the birth strategy. Uh, and then from there, we just figured, you know, let's try flips, let's try wholesale and try to figure out what strategy we like best. So. And the biggest thing was when we first started, we were backing out of deals because we're like, burr is our strategy. And if the deal didn't work as a burr property, then we didn't do it. And we kind of had a mindset shift that if it doesn't work as a burr, let's flip it. And if it doesn't work as a flip, let's wholesale it because the deal will work for somebody. Yeah. And so that's kind of why we've done different types of deals is because we we're at the point where we're like, we're not going to back out of deals anymore. We're going to just do we're we've done burr and we know how to do flips and then now we know how to wholesale. So yeah. we'll we'll make a property work regardless of what strategy it is. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, because I think, you know, a lot of us also find reasons not to do deals, like unless it's completely perfect and checks every single one of the boxes that, you know, whether it's a flip or, or a buy and hold or a burr, but instead of turning things down, it sounds like you guys were able to keep an open mind and get creative with it. And if it didn't work for your initial plan, figure out a way that it could work for somebody else. And maybe you guys still make a little bit of money out of it rather than an opportunity just going out, out, out of the window. And I think a lot of that comes to, you know, having those opportunities and those leads, which I'm going to ask you about in just a minute. But first, what, what, what's your all's background? I mean, are any of you guys um, contractors or realtors, or did you guys have any experience in real estate before you actually started doing the investing side of things? So both of my parents are in medicine, so they don't know anything about real estate. And they're of the mindset of paying everything off, um, which is completely different than where we're at. We're like, okay, we can have houses and we don't want to pay them off. Um, so we'd rather make the cash flow. So we have, I have a background in mechanical engineering. So I've never done real estate before. And then he kind of got involved and he wanted to do real estate. So we started learning as much as we can. And then when COVID hit, we just dove into it and we figured that I might as well get my real estate license, which has enabled us to make offers more quickly and analyze deals more quickly because we have access to the MLS. Um, but before that, I mean, I didn't have my license or any background in it. The same goes for me. I mean, my, um, my mom didn't have a background in real estate. I didn't really grow up um, around any investors or realtors or any of that stuff. <clears throat> I just happened to gain a couple of mentors kind of along the way in college and, and, um, and post-college. So, um, you know, after reading a couple of books and just, you know, meeting with the mentors and the podcast, I felt confident enough to teach Sarah a little bit and just, you know, taking us on the journey. So, yeah. So were your, were the mentors like real estate specific? Uh, not all of them, uh, a couple of them. Yes. Here in the Dallas or here in the Houston and Dallas area. Um, and so those are the, the mentors that I learned from specifically on how to at least you know, get started. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, cause that's the reason I asked that is because, you know, there's not just, you hear about mentorship a lot in real estate investing, but it's not, there's not just mentors out there for, for real estate and real sure. estate, I think is almost like a vessel for a lot of us that are aspiring for more out of life. So I think it, that's why it kind of funnels back to real estate and why a lot of our listeners are here and why you guys are here because it's one of our interests and, uh, and it's a good vehicle, obviously, to, to further ourselves. But, you know, having mentors not only helps educate us, I think, but it's, again, and I talk about it all the time on the podcast, it's like an accountability partner, too. You know, once you kind of start down the path, if you have somebody, whether it's a mentor or a partner, or even just somebody that you network with at a, at a real estate meetup, you know, when, when you start talking about real estate and what you're doing, it kind of naturally starts, you start to naturally feel accountable and you don't want to like let that person down. So, you know, all of that stuff is 
uh, I think, very critical to a lot of people getting started and then also being successful. Um, and then with Sarah, I wanted to point out the fact that the there was no real estate background, but you decided to go out and get your license. I mean, that's that's brilliant, really, because not only is it giving you, I would imagine, the access to the multiple list and being able to put your own offers in, but it also helps save on your margins, right? Yeah, it's it saves on our margins a bunch. So deals that might not necessarily work for somebody else. I mean, we're getting 3% on the purchase and we get 3% when we sell it. So we're saving a lot of money there. No, so that's really cool. I mean, I, I know other people that have done that, you know, that aren't really real estate agents, don't have their license to necessarily go out and buy and sell real estate for other people, but they have it just for their own purposes. And, you know, because one of the things I do know is not all real estate agents like to work with investors, right? So, you know, if it's a, if it's a realtor who doesn't really do that all the time, or that's not really their specialty, real estate agents can get tired of making offers because a lot of what real estate investors have to do is make a ton of offers on things and get you know told no and rejected over and over and over again. Well, realtors only really make their money when they get an offer accepted. So not all real estate agents like to do that. And if you guys are anything like me, when I first got started, I burned through a lot of realtors that way because they just got tired of <laughs> offers that I wasn't gonna get. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you guys took that as an opportunity, a problem, and turned it into an opportunity and saw the opportunity there. But by having your real estate license, you're able to bypass the realtors and have access to the multiplicity and then just make any offer you want at any time you want on, yes. on top of saving your margins. Yeah, we can move a lot more quickly because we can run comps quickly. We can make offers quickly. We can make offers for 70% of list price, which a lot of realtors don't feel comfortable doing um, because they don't want to give an offer that might offend somebody. Um, so like you said, and then we're also looking at deals that are less expensive. So the realtor is not going to make as much money on it. Yep. Um, so they might not be as interested in doing it. So we definitely wanted to bring that role in house, yep. but I don't think it's that you don't have to do it in house. Um, you just have to find a realtor who is willing to work as fast as you are. Um, but you can also make offers if without a realtor. So if you kind of have, the experience and I wouldn't recommend it for your first deal, but if it's like your second or third deal and you're kind of comfortable with the process, you can make the offer directly to the listing agent and you can offer less than list price because there's the seller is not going to have to pay that three person in commission, or you can offer list price and basically the the other realtor will make six percent. So they might be pushing for your offer more. Yeah. So there's different there's different ways of doing it. Yeah, no, those are like really cool strategies. And that's I think probably it sounds like a lot of the reason why you guys have done so many deals so far because you don't you don't just see things the only way they are i mean you guys it sounds like you're looking at things everything a little bit differently if it doesn't work with the first approach you're looking at it as how can we still make this work so like if your offer at full price isn't quite enough if there are other competing offers the fact that you're kind of pointing out or maybe offering to that other agent look you can keep the full six percent you don't have to split it with us to help incentivize that offer. I mean, that's another way to kind of separate you guys from the comp competition out there. Are you guys doing all your investing in, is it in Houston? Are you doing anything out of state? No, not yet. Everything's in Houston or the surrounding area. So we'll do like the, uh, the suburbs, like the Woodlands area or Katy, but we haven't ventured out, out of Houston or out of the state yet. Okay. And are most of your deals, would you say on the multiple list or are you guys getting off market deals? 
It's a little bit of both. So when we're doing the wholesaling, we'll, we'll cold call or do door knocking and stuff. So we've got a couple of deals that way. Um, but I would say it's probably half and half. Yeah. Okay. And like funny, we've at, we've actually been able to wholesale properties on the MLS because they didn't work out. So we get, um, you know, the commission on her half, and then you know the up the upsell on what I charge on the the wholesale end. So that's kind of a um, a fun trick that we use as well. Yeah, it sounds like a win win. Now, yeah, <laughs> when you're doing something like that, have you guys built out like a pretty good network of other investors and contacts that when a deal doesn't work for you, you're able to kind of go put it out there, or, or yeah. how do you find the how do you find that end buyer when you're wholesaling? So I don't have like a big list because you know our our main strategy isn't wholesaling. So I've just kind of done JV. So joint venture on a couple of deals with other big time wholesalers, um, or I'll find people on Instagram or Facebook. Um, so it's not too complicated to find buyers, but uh, definitely easier to just, you know, do a JV with a, a bigger wholesaler who has a, you know, a thousand, 2000 uh, buyers on their list. Yeah. So like, if you don't have that buyers list or you don't have that network built out, still don't let a deal get away, right? If you know other wholesalers, go talk to them. I mean, other wholesalers are always interested in an opportunity. You know, they always say, you know, wholesalers, a lot of times they like to say, just get in the driver's seat, right? If you get something under contract and it's an assignable contract where you're able to then wholesale it or flip it to somebody, you're kind of in control at that point. You're the driver. So that's worth something, you know? And, and if you take it to another wholesaler that has a broad network of buyers, you know, there's a good chance they're going to be able to find somebody that that deal will work for. And then, it, you know, as long as it works for that person, works for the wholesaler, works for you guys, works for the seller, you know, it's a win across the board. And, you know, everybody gets to walk away happy and hopefully with a little bit of money in their pocket. Yeah, um, exactly. So that's good. I, I want I want everybody out there listening to kind of let that sink in. It's not, you know, if you're looking to buy and hold or if you're looking to burn, you just can't it hasn't happened yet and you have had a hard time making it happen. That's not necessarily the, the dead end. It doesn't have to stop there. If you get something that you think is a good opportunity and you're in under contract and you, like I always talk about on the podcast, have built, kind of started to build that network somewhat, you know, it doesn't have to be a broad list of buyers, but if you've gone to some meetups, there's a good chance, you know, other wholesalers, right? So, you know, if it didn't work for your burr, it didn't work for your flip, Go talk to other people. Say, hey, I got this deal. What do you all think about this? Or what do you think about this opportunity? Do you think that you could do anything with it? Do you think you know anybody that might be able to, that this would work for? So, you know, don't let the first, uh, I guess, door that closes on an opportunity be the only door, because if you keep looking, you'll probably find another one. So I think that's good stuff for our listeners out there. Now, when you guys first got started, uh, what was it like? Are you guys after cash flow? Are you guys looking for financial freedom? Like what's the why? What, what is, what's driving you guys? And what really kind of forced, aside from the whole COVID thing, what really forced you guys into doing this and what drives you to be successful with real estate investing? So for me, we definitely want to have a family. Um, and I remember my mom was always around, but my dad was working a lot. So I just, for me, my family is the most important thing to me. And right now we have two dogs and I have him. And I want to spend all my time with my dogs and with him. And so when I have kids, I can't even imagine how much I'm going to want to spend my time with them. I want to be at every single school event. I want to take them to every single soccer practice. Um, and I want him to be there as well. So for us, we really want to be able to build something that 
if something were to happen, we have something to fall back on or we can make our full-time job if that's what we want to do in the future. Um, because again, for me, just having that freedom to do what we want when we want, travel when we want, um, that's that's the goal. Yeah, financial freedom, it sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for our family. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Because like, you know, it, it's different for everybody, but it's kind of, I think, a, like an overarching theme that comes across where, you know, it, it means a little bit different thing to everyone, but it's really at the end of the day, having financial freedom, freedom or having passive income, it's not necessarily just about the money, but it's about the, the, the time that that can provide for you, right? So whether that time is going to be for you guys spent with your family or your kids or somebody else may be traveling, you know, just not, not having that need to punch a clock every single day and know that there's income coming in that the bills are going to be paid it, it it changes things drastically for a lot of people so I, it's a, a good answer i think that i think that resonates with a lot of listeners out there i would imagine and then so that's cool so you guys you guys dove in and when you first started how can you talk us through like how you were able to pull it all together and kind of make it kind of make it happen when you when you said let's do this was there like a deal or like how did like if you you said, I think before you didn't have, you didn't put a ton of money into the first deal. You didn't have to put a ton of money in the first deal. Why was that? What, what, how were you able to pull this off without using a ton of your own capital off the bat? So we, so we did a birth strategy and for us, the organization and just trying to, so I guess the first thing we did was we built our team. So before we even decided that we were going to jumpstart and start even looking for deals, he spent like a week calling realtors, interviewing realtors, calling contractors, asking them all these questions, calling lenders. And so by the time, at the end of that week, we basically had a list of three or four realtors, three or four contractors. And basically we said, if we have a deal, how fast can you get out there? How fast can you get us a bid? Um, and then we had the lenders already lined up that we knew we were going to work with. So then we kind of hit the ball running at the end of that week and said, okay, let's start looking for deals. So we were on Redfin, Zillow, HAR, which is the Houston Association of Realtors. It's the Houston MLS. Um, so we were looking on all of those different sites every single day. And the part, the organization part I was talking about was just like every single deal we found, we put it in an Excel sheet, what the ARV was, what the list price was, what the offer was that we were going to make and kind of every day following up on every single one of those deals. So organizing everything is really critical and making sure that you're following up. So the deal, our first deal was on the MLS for probably like 50 days and we called yeah. and we, we made an offer. They said, no, we called again. They said, no, and it took probably two or two months of us calling and calling. And finally they said, okay, fine. So it was listed at 145 and we got it for 93. So we got it for 93. We had the hard money lender lined up. So he was ready to go. The contractors were ready to go to get out there to give us bids. And everything was kind of set in place because he did the, the due diligence beforehand. Yeah. So while you were out get it, working on your real estate license, Anthony, I guess you were kind of hitting the phones and establishing those contacts and building those relationships so that when you guys found the opportunity, you building those relationships with, with partners that allows you to take advantage of the opportunity once you found it. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important for us to just find people that we can trust. So I was just trying to get referrals. You know, like Sarah mentioned, I was calling all the realtors in the area, you know, looking at the reviews, calling contractors, trying to get contractors from my mentors, 
just so that, you know, you always read review or read stories about, oh, I had a contractor and he backed out, you know, and so I wanted to make sure we had three, four or five different contractors that we can go to if anything happened, um, you know, because I didn't want to just, you know, call these people and then find a deal and then, you know, something bad happens and <laughs> it kind of messes up our experience. So I wanted to just make sure that we were kind of you know, ready to roll once we found that, that first deal. So And lenders can... Um... A lot of Harmony lenders will know contractors, so you can ask your Harmony lenders yeah. and say, well, what contractors do you know or what realtors do you know? So everyone in the industry has a contact doing something else. Yeah. So every person that you you ask, ask them if they have a realtor, ask them if they have a lender, ask them if they have a, a contractor, and that kind of makes the process a little bit easier. Yeah, those are so, two great, great points. And Anthony, you know, the fact that what you just said about calling people and and finding the, the people that you were going to need once you had an opportunity or a deal in place. Like real estate investing doesn't happen on its own. There is work involved. Like for our listeners out there, it's not, you know, you hear all these people on these podcasts that are just investing in real estate and it's easy. Like you had to beat feet, right? You had to get out there and hustle and actually take action and make all these connections and uh, put these pieces in place. That, that, that's not going to happen on its own. And the fact that you guys did it ahead of time, you know, that's gr great because a lot of people don't do that. And then they end up learning through the process of their first deal. But a lot of times they're learning the hard way. Uh, and the fact that you guys did your due diligence and you did all your preparation and you had those pieces in place, I would I imagine. And it sounds like help help facilitate that opportunity to become successful. So that was that was a great point. Uh, and then, Sarah, what you just said about, you know, referrals, I mean, you both said it actually, but, you know, when you know somebody or you have a contact, whether it's a realtor or a property manager, you know, ask them for other contractors or other realtors or other property managers. You know, once you kind of break into the circle of real estate investors in your community, it's a broad network. It may not be one meetup or one group, but they, a lot of people know other people. And so by that's a great for one, that's a great trick or a great uh, tip, I guess, for people out there is to ask other people in your network once you start to build one for other contacts. But back to Anthony's point, once you, when you have a referral that comes from somebody else, there's another level of trust there. It's not just somebody you're finding on the Internet. You know, ideally, it's somebody that the person referring you at referring to you, they've worked with them in the past and have had a good experience. So all of that together is just a great tip I want to point out to the listeners out there. So you had hard money lined up. Can you talk to us about, you know, first, I guess, just tell us really quickly what hard money lending is for those that aren't familiar with it and how you guys were able to use hard money in that first deal. Yeah, so hard money is basically a short-term loan at a higher interest rate and all you pay is interest. And then at the end of the term, so for us, I think our term is like a year, um, you have a balloon payment. So you pay off the entire loan all at once. Um, so that can seem really scary to people, but if you know what you're doing and you are working with someone that you trust, um, we have a really great relationship with our hard money lender. Um, it's not a scary thing. They're not like these big loan sharks that you hear about. Um, they're actually like really good guys. They're just trying to help you get deals um, and they're just part of the process. Um, so we got our heart, we have our hard money lender and they gave us 75% of the ARV. So the per, the ARV on this house was $145,000. So the hard money lender gave us $108,000. So 
the 108 went towards the 93 purchase price. And then we had basically $15,000 left over. And so that $15,000 covered our rehab. So 93 of the 108 went to the house, 15 went to the rehab, and then we had like $750 left over. So that went to our closing costs and whatever was left over is what we came out of pocket. So that's how we only came out of pocket $5,000 or 6,000 or whatever it was. Very cool. So, and that, that you you're talking, you're digging into your numbers, and that's another great great point that you know knowing your numbers is critical to success. You know, so that again, not just it's not just easy as hey, I want to be a real estate investor. You you want to analyze the deals and you want to run your numbers and be as hopefully as on point with those as you can in order to be successful. So yeah, and and you're right though, like hard money, I think it gets a kind of a, hard, a bad rap. People get a little scary when they hear about hard money lenders. They think, I guess they picture like somebody with a baseball bat that's going to come after you if you don't pay. <laughs> but it's really not. I mean, they're just, like you said, they're another another potential partner. They're another piece to the process. Uh, and it, it has to work for them too. Like hard money lenders are not loan sharks. They're actual lenders that work within the real estate investing community every day. That's their career. So they are not only going to underwrite the deal to make sure that what you're telling them you think the ARV is and what the improvement costs, they're going to underwrite that to make sure it checks out. But they're also going to underwrite you guys, you know, because they don't want to they don't want to lend money to somebody that halfway through the deal is going to fall apart. Then they've got to deal with some half finished flip or something like that or somebody. So it works both ways. And having a, a good hard money lender as a partner, uh, especially if you don't have the capital at the beginning to do a lot of these things. I mean, that's a critical component to being successful in my opinion. Uh, so another, another great point. So you guys are doing a lot of really uh, cool, different things with real estate investing. Do you have a, like a deal or, or one of your um, deals, I guess, that you could talk us through where you were able to pull all these different pieces together and all the things that you, that you learned. Do you have a deal you could t- kind of talk us through where you, where you leveraged all these different partners and and made it work? Yeah. So one of our favorite deals, and we actually just closed on this one. So it, it was very recent, um, was one of our flips. So, um, this was also one that was listed on the MLS and it was listed for like a hundred days at $230, $230,000. So we made an offer for $160,000 and we got it for 160. So the ARV on this house was 245,000. And so our hard money lender on flips will give you 70% of the ARV on rentals will give you 75. So he gave us 70% of the $245,000. So basically at the end of the day, we had to come out of pocket like $40,000, which we just didn't have, but this deal was such a good deal. It's like the returns were amazing. So we have so many people messaging us now saying, Hey, I want to invest with you guys. I love what you guys are doing. Um, and they really wanted to get involved. So they, we had two investors that were actually his friends who gave us $11,500 each. So then we only had to come out of pocket, basically $20,000. So the hard money lender gave us 70%. We had two private investors that were his friends who both gave us $11,000. And then we came out of pocket the rest of it. Um, so we fixed up the house. We did a $40,000 rehab on the house, which was, it came out amazing. Yeah. Um, and then we listed it and we actually got it sold within a day. And then 30 days later, the conventional loan closed. We paid off the hard money lender. 
We gave those his two friends back their money and they both made a 25% return on their money. And then we made the rest. Yeah. So we use basically, and if you don't have the entire amount of money that you need to cover what you need to bring, you can always have private money, um, friends, family members who come in and also cover that. So we, when we first started, money was definitely an issue trying to figure out where do we get this money from. Um, but once you start doing it and talking to your friends and family, everybody wants to do real estate investing. Yeah. There's so many people who want to get involved. And we have a list so long of people now and so much money that we just, we don't even have enough deals. Like we're trying to find <laughs> deals so we can help other people start doing investing as well. Um, because people will, will start coming to you because yeah. you'll become the expert. You'll become the friend who's doing it. And a lot of people aren't. So, um, yeah. yeah. Now that's a great, that's a great point. I, I really want to, I want to uh, hit on that one because when, when we first start real estate investing, money's always the challenge. People think, well, I don't have enough money. I can't start in real, in real estate investing. But there are, there are people that are hard money lenders. There are ways that you can do it without having your own, a ton of your own capital. The other thing to that is like the whole uh, private money. You know, people think that this is like a mythical thing. Like, oh, I could never ask somebody for money. Well, you're not asking people for money. When you start doing real estate investing, and you kind of put it out there. You're not bragging. You just talk about it. The word spreads. It's something that captures everyone's interest. They're always intrigued by it. They want to know more and they want to know how they can do it. They want to know how they can make money doing it. Right. But, you know, you guys know what actually has to go into doing it. Not everybody has the time for that, but what they might have is the money. Yeah. And it's 100% true. Once you just start doing it, it's funny how that happens. Like you just said, money isn't doesn't become the problem anymore it's it's finding the, the deals you know and yeah. it's and you're not asking somebody for money you're not asking a friend for money it's an it's a it's a mutually beneficial agreement between two people you guys have the 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 ability the knowledge the experience and the deal and somebody else might have the money without those other those other things but by the two of you guys working together that person's able to make money on their money without basically having to do anything. And you guys are able to go execute your, your deal and make money. So it's a win-win. Um, and it's typically, again, like you said, not, not something you even have to ask for. You, know, you never want to ask for it. But once people find out, they start coming to you and asking you, how can I get involved with this? Uh, so that's funny that you pointed that out, because I've seen that over and over. And it's so true for people out there listening. It, all of this stuff, it, it, I, I try to drive it home on the podcast about networking, getting out there, building relationships, just talking to people. By doing all of these things, it's surprising how it just starts to kind of come together and, and happen. And I, I, the other thing with that deal you just talked us through is that, that you guys used so many different of these moving or these, these different parts and pieces and partners that we talk about with real estate investing all the time. Uh, Sarah, you used, you know, your license to kind of find these deals and Anthony, all that work that you put in of establishing these contacts. Once the deal again was ready, you know, you used hard money, right? You used partners. So you used private money. Yeah. We didn't even talk about it, but I'm imagining Anthony, you had already vetted a contractor that you guys were com comfortable with to do the work. And by the two of you guys doing all of this, uh, due diligence and underwriting and knowing your numbers, you know, once, once that deal was there, you guys pulled it all together and made it, made it happen. That's great. So for our listeners out there, I mean, this is a perfect example of 
how it's done, how you can do it and be successful at it. Very cool stuff. Before I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure our listeners know how to get in touch with you guys because I know there's a lot of other cool things you guys are doing too that I think would be very helpful to our audience out there. But before we get into that, it's time for our segment uh, advice from our invest guests. And this week's uh, advice from our invest guest is brought to you by FirstChairShop.com. If any of our listeners out there are into skiing and riding or any uh, winter mountain um, activities check out firstchairshop.com and they've got awesome hoodies and t-shirts on there. So go check them out. You can also follow them at firstchairshop on Instagram. All right. And now it's time for our questions. Question number one, can you give one recommendation to people out there listening right now who have not started investing yet? Uh, one thing that they could do right now to help them get started and on down that path. Build your team. Just even if you're not ready to start finding deals, um, just start building your team. So when you're ready, they're all ready to go and you don't have to kind of hold off on deals because you don't have people to lined up to get it done. Okay. And then I would just add to that and say, um, just spend time learning about real estate. I think one of the things that, that we do well is we really spend time learning about the process. We want to make sure we know how to run the numbers so that when people come to us, they feel confident investing with us because like we really know what we're talking about. Uh, and I think once you reach that point, you know, you'll have money coming from, from all places, you know, um, once you kind of come off as knowledgeable or uh, as an expert in your particular field, I think that'll definitely pay off. So. Yeah, that's, that's another great answers. And that's another good point because like we've been kind of been saying throughout this whole uh, conversation, you know, it's not just I want to snap my fingers and be a real estate investor. There's a lot of work that goes into it. And part of that is educating yourself. You know, not only do you kind of need to understand how it all works, obviously, but you need to be able to have the conversation with other people about real estate. And you don't have to be afraid of not of coming off like you don't know what you're talking about, especially when you're first learning. Having those conversations is a great way to learn. But when you're ready to start taking on other partners and people's money, you do need to know what you're talking about. So having being able to have that conversation and come across as that professional is critical. And then also just in order to be successful, knowing your numbers and analyzing the deal, you know, educating yourself um, on basically making sure your numbers are as close as accurate as possible. You know, after you're able to find money and find deals, that's that's what's going to make you make it determine if you were successful or not. So great, great answers. Uh, question number two, is there anything you guys would do differently? Looking back, I know it's you guys are early on in, in, in the investing in your investing careers, and you're doing great. But is there anything you would do differently if you started back over again? Yeah, I wouldn't back out of deals. There was one deal that we backed out of and it ended up being wholesaled by another investor. And I mean, we left $50,000 on the table. Um, so we, that was the, that was the turning point when we realized we could have probably made $50,000 from wholesaling this one deal that we were like, we're done backing out. If it doesn't work as a burr, will it work as a flip? And if it doesn't work as a flip, we're going to wholesale it because this deal will work for somebody else. Um, so that, I think that was our biggest mistake at the beginning. Um, and maybe it was just cause we didn't know enough about the other strategies, but now that we do, we're, we don't leave deals on the table. Great point. No, that's a great point. And that's, that's definitely a way to ignite that motivation there is when you see one of your deals, 
you know, when you see it go out the door and then somebody else end up making money yeah. on it, that that's a good, that's some good motivation right there. That's make sure you exhaust all the uh, options that you have when you have an opportunity in front of you. It's a great, great answer. Okay. And question number three, do you have any uh, book recommendations for our audience out there that, you know, if they're just getting started or any, just any good book that you would recommend to help them get started? I'd say the bird book by David Green. He's a part of the bigger podcast. Um, our bigger pockets podcast. We read that book to really learn more about Burr. Uh, and then everybody talks about, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is like a motivational book that'll definitely, you know, <laughs> light some fire under you. So I would definitely recommend those two books for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Good recommendations. The Burr book is, I mean, if for anybody out there still having a hard time grasping the concept of the Burr, that book kind of goes through in detail not only what it means, but kind of how you can how you can do it yourself and how you can make it work. And then, of course, rich dad, poor dad. Yeah, I think that's kind of for a lot of us. That's the the turning point, or at least the 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 point where we started viewing money differently and income differently. Yep. So, great recommendations. All right, guys, this has been a lot of fun. I know. In addition to all of the investing you guys are doing, you're taking it a step further and helping others. Um, learn from what you guys have done and help them get in, into their own investing careers. Can you tell us um, how people can connect with you and how they might be able to learn from it, what it is that you guys are doing? Yeah. So we have an Instagram as kind of where we've been kind of sharing our journey and giving out tips and tricks. It's Gare, G-A-I-R dot real estate. And it's on, on Instagram, but we have two different programs that we do. Um, we have a weekend course where you kind of come in and we teach you the whole entire process from start to finish. You learn basically step-by-step step how to do a deal from how do you build your team, what questions to ask those different contacts to um, where to find deals, how to close the deal, how to do the rehab, whatever, and if it's for burr, flips, or wholesaling. Um, and then we have another course where it's a hand-holding mentorship program where we literally build your team with you, find your deal with you, analyze it, go through the entire process and we're there the whole entire time. Yep. Um, but for us, the biggest thing is we really, we really love teaching people um, and we love what we're doing. So we just want to share that with other people and help them kind of get to the point that they want to be at. Um, and we're trying to build lifelong relationships with whoever we're working with. Yep. Um, so we're always going to be available even when the program's over to answer questions, have phone calls. I mean, this doesn't, this doesn't end at the end of the program. There's no ending. It's, we want to make sure we're there as a resource um, to bounce ideas off of. So great stuff. Great stuff. Everybody out there listening, go check out their Instagram. It's gare.realestate. And even if, you know, just, just to see what they're doing, they're, they're, they're really, they're killing it. And if you're interested in their training, I'm going to have the link to the Instagram down below in the show notes. And maybe I could even get a, a email address from you guys that I can include in the show notes for those that sure. might not be on Instagram, but want to reach out to you guys for some of your training and mentorship. Um, highly recommend it, guys. They're the real deal. They're doing it. They've got the resources. Go check them out on Instagram and reach out to them if you're interested in any of their training. Sarah, Anthony, it's been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you guys coming on the Invest Nest with me this week. And uh, I really love what you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. And I wish nothing but the best of luck to you guys in 2021. Thanks for Thank having us. Thank you so us. much. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully I can get you guys back on again down the road. Yeah, yeah, we'd love definitely. to. Yeah, looking forward to that for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much, guys. Um, it was a pleasure, and I really do appreciate it. 
And I also want to thank all of our listeners out there for joining us again this week. Uh, definitely go check out Sarah and Anthony's Instagram page. Again, that's at gare.realestate. And I'll include that along with an email address down in the show notes if you guys want to reach out to them directly. But go check them out. They're doing a lot of cool things. And uh, I also want to congratulate them. They are engaged. Um, I think COVID may have delayed things for them a little bit, but uh, I know they're going to make an even uh, better investing team than they already are in the future. So congratulations to them. And uh, I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us this week. Uh, please hit the subscribe button again. And if you're enjoying the show, leaving a review and rating wherever you listen is greatly appreciated. Um, also, I don't mention this often, but I do upload these podcasts on YouTube. So if you prefer to watch as opposed to listening or just listening, you can find us on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and search The Invest Nest. And you can also follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Invest Nest. And of course, check out theinvestnest.com. Like I mentioned before, stay tuned for some upcoming announcements. There's going to be a lot of updates and new features coming to the website very soon. All right. Well, thanks again, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Travis Murphy. And thanks for listening to the Invest Nest Real Estate Investing Show. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the InvestNest Real Estate Investing Show. Be sure to join the InvestNest.com and start learning and earning today.